welcome to the Unfiltered Empowered Woman. I am your host, Ellen, and I am a female empowerment coach. That means that I help you stop people-pleasing, stop being controlled by anxiety and overthinking, breaking your bad habits, and stop letting food rule your life. It's time for you to take your power back and become an empowered woman. In this podcast, I will show you the unfiltered version of myself and my guests. You know, the stuff that we can't put on Instagram. I want to show you how living unfiltered means you can take that power back and live a truly empowered life. Now let's dig in. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Unfiltered Empowered Woman. At the time of this recording, the program actually launched yesterday and so far it's been absolutely amazing. I just love listening to all the girls' voice notes and seeing how you girls interact with each other. So it's just been so, so amazing to, yeah, I'm just so grateful that you guys chose me as your coach for this journey. So thank you to everyone who's jumped on. And if anyone missed out, just know that there will be a wait list um, that you can see. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes for you. Um, but yeah, I will open up another intake soon. So if you did miss out, please make sure you do reach out so you don't miss out for the next time. Today, I am doing another guest episode, actually. And this is a girl who I think that I met in Newcastle for the first time, just very briefly. <laughs> um, but I properly met her again in uh, Bali, actually, where, where you guys know that I live. And she was a um, educator for the Women's Fitness Academy. She came and helped out with the girls and we got to chat and I followed her journey ever since. And I think she has a, some really good and healthy points on macros, tracking, health and fitness in general. Her name is Amber. She's an online fitness coach and she lives in the Gold Coast now. So Amber, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me my pleasure my pleasure and um I forgot to mention but you're actually prepping for a show too aren't you yeah I've got just under eight weeks until the WBFF uh pro debut amazing oh yeah that's your pro debut I forgot about that yeah. how exciting it is it is super exciting it's um yeah we're we're feeling a little depleted but it's all part of the uh, fun, I guess, in quotation marks, fun of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You, you, you kind of almost want it to be a little bit hard. Like, if it's too easy, it's like, oh. <laughs> I know. Literally, you're like, why? What's happening? It's usually not too tricky until um, this point or a little bit later for me because I actually eat quite high calories for the year. So it's a bit mm. easier for me to do. Perhaps I'm not someone that sits on low calories year round. So a little bit easier when I um hit a deficit but I mean anyone that's done this deficit knows it's not like it's not fun mm. um anyone that says it's fun maybe has some other psychological um <laughs> things going on there mm, mm. but yes amazing well for the listeners who don't know who you are um can you give us an introduction of who you are how you got into the industry um yeah a bit about your background amazing so um I have been in the industry for six or seven years now um I basically had issues with eating disorders both anorexia and bulimia um for a number of years uh to the point where probably just before hospitalization which is amazing I'm so grateful 
um, that I had my toenails fall off, my hair fell out in patches, um, constantly bloated. I've developed a bunch of intolerances and allergies, um, basically just suffering day to day, a lot of body dysmorphia, body image issues, um, you know, jeopardize a lot of work relationships and stuff like that. Um, actual relationships, friendships, um, being so obsessive with how my body looked. I remember I was working in childcare doing a traineeship and I would always ask to get stuff out of like the cupboard and I would go in and do like sit-ups and squats and stuff like that, just like in the middle of the day periodically, just because I or go do bathroom breaks just so I could do more exercise. It was just a lot. And then um, I have a, a father, I have a father, um, but he's been in the fitness industry since he was about 15. He used to be a powerlifter um, within some of the Australian realms, which it was, it was really weird back then. Like it wasn't really a thing that a lot of people did. And I think he just noticed that I was maybe struggling with my weight and kind of was like, let's go in the gym and, you know, knows I'm a competitive person. Like, let's get in, let's see what you can do. And um, first session uh, pretty much nearly blacked out. And every time I went in after that, nearly blacked out, nearly hurt myself in equipment and kind of was like, oh my God, if I don't eat something like something bad's going to, how emb- I was like 18, like how embarrassing I'm going to pass out in front of all these people. Like, oh no. <laughs> so it was like that inner, I guess, like young adult embarrassment that kind of got me to start eating again. And then, you know, the more I eat, the more I ate, the better I did in the gym, which fueled that like competitive side. I started noticing like muscles and my body started developing more of like a feminine shape again. And um, I really love like a muscular shape. So it started kind of, you know, taking that route. And then I was like, oh my God, if I eat more food, can I perform even better in the gym? Can, you know, I develop even more of like this beautiful, thicker, feminine kind of shape. And I guess my mindset just slowly changed around that. Um, I then I have a very like obsessive personality, which is good and bad at times. Um, But then was like, I need to know everything about training and nutrition and recovery and went on a deep dive back in the day, which I now know is like a big no-no, but used to, you know, like write diets for my friends and training programs and like, here, try this. Let's see what we can do. Don't recommend to anyone, like go get qualified before you do this. <laughs> but yeah, back in the day when I was like 18, I was like, oh, try this. I feel, I feel like this would be really cool. And um, started doing my own like diets, training for years and years and years. Um, and then I don't got my own coaches and was like, oh, wow, like this is a job you can like help other people and get paid. Like I was never getting paid. Like I was just like, oh, try this. Like this, this could work. This could work. Like I've read about that. And then from that experience with that coach, um, the first one I had was kind of a negative approach and was like, this is how I don't want to do it. And then the next one I had was such a positive mindset, really push yourself, like fuel your body. And I was like, oh, wow. And then as with each, with each new coach that I hired, I developed little things that I loved that I took into my own practices and yeah, got qualified myself, did my certs for training and nutrition and a lot of little mini course along the way, like strength and conditioning, uh, pre and postnatal, any, any short course you can think, like I've probably done it at some point, like prep courses and yeah, just really found out that this is what I love doing. I spent years and years doing face-to-face uh, five or six, six years doing face-to-face personal training and getting to work with all these beautiful, beautiful personalities and 
developing all these insane friendships where I now go to their baby showers and weddings and they're people I still catch up with every time I'm in Newcastle and yeah just now I'm getting to like travel and teach other PTs it's just like the most surreal experience which I'm sure you understand as well and then bodybuilding just kind of came somewhere in there probably to do with a competitive nature which taught me a lot about what I do and don't love about the fitness and health industry as well and the kind of things that you might do for yourself that you probably wouldn't do for other people and all that kind of stuff so Mm. it's been a little learning I feel like it's just been you know 11 or 12 years of just like learning Mm. what I love and don't love about this whole new era of fitness and nutrition yeah for sure I recognize myself so much in what you said about um how you got like stuff out of the cupboard and you used that as like a way of like oh do sit-ups or push-ups or whatever in there and like they're probably like what are you doing in there like yeah it says blocks like yeah yeah yeah. no I I so fun that you mentioned that because I was just thinking about it yesterday I was like wow like when I was working at a cafe I always used to be the one like no I'll go into like the space room and get like the boxes out or like I will go to the shops and get the newspaper just to like get the extra steps in or get some extra calories burned and extra movement yeah 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 it was it's so insane when you hear that like I guess because that wasn't talked about as being like eating disorder behavior because mm. it had nothing to do with your food. Mm. So it had nothing to do with like, you weren't like starving yourself, but like mm. going in and taking time out of your day just to do a few little like extra movements just to engage in some weight loss is just, yeah, it's, it's insane. The stuff like that isn't talked about a bit more, I guess in your realm, I'm sure, you know, you talk about so many different things like this, whereas it just wasn't in my space. Like it wasn't something that I'd ever heard about. So I never saw it as like a negative behavior, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I thought it was normal too. Like, and the the crazy thing with eating disordered or disordered eating behaviors is that you normalize these things for yourself. So yeah. when you don't do them, it's like, oh my God, I'm cheating or I'm failing or like, I'm not doing enough. Like if yeah. I was working at a cafe and I wasn't like, clearing the tables every two minutes because I needed to get my steps in I felt Literally. like I was failing or that I was a bad you were lazy a bad day. yeah yeah, yeah. So I was lazy yeah. that day or like if I like sat down when I could have been standing up I was like oh my god like I feel so bad like I should have stood up and, and I would have burnt like an extra like 10 calories or something I know and that's what that's why it's so hard with um who you actually engage with from day to day who you follow on social media the kind of energy and behaviors that you have around you, because I was seeing this in magazines and, you know, back in the day, the people that I was following their journeys and the celebrities, like this kind of behavior is so normalized, like these grapefruit diets or like oh, eat God. like five <laughs> almonds and some celery for the day. Mm-hmm. And so like every diet possible, like I've done it. It's like, I think most of the people in the fitness industry, um, where we're at now, especially the people especially like you and what you talk about and some of the stuff I talk about, like we've been through it. That's why we're so passionate about it, Mm. but it was just so normalized. And then, yeah, we allowed ourselves to internalize it and normalize it for ourselves to now where even some of the behaviors, like I've been healthy for a really, really long time now, which is amazing. Um, But still some things like if I sit down too long or I have a full like rest day, don't do anything. Like I laid in bed all day Sunday. I was like, I'm tired. I'm not moving. I don't care if I have cardio. I don't care if that's a requirement. My body is, it needs rest. And back in the day, I would have been like, 
oh my God, Emma, you have cardio scheduled for today. Like you're in a comp prep, like hustle, grind. Like, no, my body was exhausted. Nothing was happening. Mentally, I was fried. You're not going to get anything out of going and sitting on a fucking bike. For, sorry for swearing. <laughs> for like the <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just not needed. Like you need to listen to your body. And I think we've just engaged in so much hustle culture lately where it's like, get up and do it, like get it done. Like, you know, no days off, like all this kind of stuff that we've all just normalized it and now trying to unlearn it and kind of sit more in this like self-care era, which I freaking love where it's like, you know, take the rest day, you, you know, your glutes, your glutes, your glutes grow when you're recovering, like your body relaxes or you can engage in weight loss or muscle gain or whatever goal you have, or if you don't have a goal, fantastic. But like, it happens when you rest mm. your nervous system, like it goes back to normal when you rest. And it's so hard for us to unlearn this kind of like hustle culture shit because we've just been engaging with it for so long. Mm. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. Um, so you mentioned that you had, you struggled with your food <laughs> and had eating disorders when you were a bit younger and the gym really helped you change that mindset around, which I think is so amazing. And it, it's actually pretty common that we see that. But what was it that kind of spiked your eating disorders? Do you know? Ah, um, so basically, it was one of those things where I was living at home and um, living with my dad. He eats really healthy, stuff like that. I moved out with a boy. Um, standard behavior boy was like you know 18 same age I think he literally ate no joke like chip sandwiches for dinner and I'm not even talking hot chips babe I'm talking like crinkle cut like smith chips in bread (laughs) for dinner and I was like oh my god that's a vibe like I'm such like a savory person I love like chips and like all picnicky type stuff like I was like this is awesome and I don't know it was just so cool they had a deep fryer in their house like I was like vibe um, and then within a few months, I think I'd put on, I don't know, like maybe somewhere between like six to eight kilos or so. Um, and it wasn't even just the weight, like it was, I was sluggish. I was oily and I couldn't think properly. And I just had a constant brain fog and I, I was just kind of like, what's going on? Like my mood is so bad. Like I feel so depressed, so anxious. Like my moods would go up and down over and over again. Um, yeah, just a lot of different mental health issues. And I just remember we were going out drinking every weekend and that was so normalized when you're like 18 and stuff as well. And I remember just looking at, I think I saw photos of myself one day and I was like, oh, I've put on a bit of weight or something I don't even think I really thought that much of it and then someone else had said like oh well you've got a bit you know curvier haven't you like probably some Karen in my family member type stuff and I was kind of like oh yeah like you know it happens and they were kind of like oh but it's happened you know quite quickly hasn't it and then the more I kept like you know what I mean like it just started Mm -hmm. being internalized then you're looking at like I think this is back in the day probably like Facebook or, or like Instagram or just starting or something like that. And, you know, I used to read a lot of magazines and I was really interested in like modeling and fitness modeling, fashion. I wasn't fitness, modeling, fashion modeling, stuff like that. And I started noticing people around me were quite like thin. And, you know, I started looking into like, oh, what, what does this person eat to be this thin? And 
that diet culture slowly started like creeping in. But I guess before that, it just, it wasn't a thing until I got those comments. Like even with my own weight gain, I didn't even really notice. I kind of saw the photos and I was like, oh, look a bit different. Like my boobs are massive. Like my bum looks huge. It wasn't even like a negative thing until someone kind of pointed out and I could hear the, I'm a very empathetic person. I could hear like the, the judginess um, in their voice, I guess. And I don't know, something in me as an 18 year old. So, you know, impressionable with everything around me was like, Oh crap. Like obviously this is a bad thing putting on weight and yeah. So I began, I just decided like, okay, what have I done to put on this weight? Well, I'm going to undo that. I'm eating this amount of meals a day. Why don't I try and half that? Like I'm eating this amount of food a day. Why don't I try and half that? And then I would lose weight quite quickly. And I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. How about I half that again? How about I half that again? Until the point it was, you know, getting into tracking, um, weighing food so I could, I guess, minimize myself until the point where then I started getting the comments like, you're so skinny, you're so thin. I remember one of uh, my partner's friends being like, um, don't you think you're a bit thin? Like now there's nothing for so-and-so to grab onto anymore. And it was like another negative, like, you know, comment in the other direction. And then I started like, oh, maybe I'm too thin now. It just goes either, either. Mm. And the thing is like, you know, at some point I could have figured out that maybe I wasn't eating the right foods for my body, nothing to do with the weight side of it, but the right foods, you know, not engaging in the right behaviors. And maybe I could have figured it out in a healthy way instead of like, basically a four-year spiral of weight gain, weight loss, like um, purging, diuretics, laxatives, everything, over-exercising to try and get to this point where I would would finally be happy with my body, which as you know, people with eating disorders, like it's never about their current size or anything like that. It's always like the next step, what can I do next to, you know, minimize myself? So I don't, I don't know, just... It slowly just got more and more reckless behavior, more um, more purging, more sickness, more passing out, all these kind of crazy behaviors. Mm-hmm. Started experiencing signs of like endometriosis and hectic food allergies. I became lactose intolerant, wow. gluten intolerant, intolerant to a bunch of like veggies, fruit, grains, everything really. Um, until the point where I guess, you know, my dad kind of like noticed something was going on every time he saw me and then was like, hey, you're going to come do this to me, please. It'd be great for, you know, father-daughter bonding. And honestly, I owe in my life if it wasn't for that, I'm, you know, not sure how it would have ended. So I'm very, very lucky to have had someone to step in like that. But yeah, honestly, it really just started with society and mm. their thoughts and their feelings. And yeah, it's, it's so crazy as well, how it so often starts with that. Like we, because you know, it's, it's a human need. Like we want to fit in. We want to belong. That's just in yeah. our DNA. Like back in the day, yeah. if we didn't have a tribe, we would literally die. So <laughs> as a young girl, like I was the same, like that's how my eating disorder started because I was like, oh, I need to fit in to be like the skinny person. And then, you know, you start chasing that high of, or what if I lose more weight? Like you said, what if what happens if I cut this food in half? What happens if I cut this food in half? Yeah. Oh, now I reach this goal. What happens if I reach the next goal? Because you're just chasing that adrenaline rush and that dopamine spike. 
And it just yeah, and it is it is like that. You did you hit that like it is that dopamine. Mm. You like hit those low calories, and you could push through that extra meal or extra hour of fasting. And yeah, yeah, and and like with any addiction, it's like well, now I've hit this. Okay, now I need to double that to get the same effect. Yeah. Like this is how people get stuck in these addictions, and it doesn't matter if it's food, alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever it is, it works. The principle is the same. Yeah, and it's it's so it's so scary how easy it is for certain people to get stuck in it. Because I do like, well, like you said, you have a very addictive personality and I think like I definitely do as well. And like you said, like there are good aspects to that too. Like it does push us really hard and work really hard and you're in the gym with our yeah. businesses, um, which I think is like really positive because it's, yeah. you know, we kind of, it's easy for us to be like motivated, but it's yeah. also hard to know like when you should pull back and when it's like, okay, I'm actually doing too much now. Yeah. Like on Sunday, I was like, I'm burnt out. If mm. I don't stop, I'm going to be no help to my girls next week. Mm. Like I won't be able to help them because I'm going to be fried. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is hard. I agree. We definitely, people with this like addiction even to work and stuff, like mm. it's really hard to step out of like that hustle culture. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, And especially, like, you know, when you work for yourself too, because there is always something more you can do like you can always create new content you can always edit something or reply to a client or market something new like this if you look for it you're gonna find it (laughs) literally so it is hard but I want to talk about your um your prep as well because I think it's so cool that you can take a day like that when you're like you know I have cardio scheduled but I'm going to listen to my body and rest because I follow not many, but a few bodybuilders and they're like, no, like I'm going to do my cardio. I'm exhausted, but I'm getting my steps. Get in, get like, no matter what, I'm going to hit this target. And like, I get it on some focus. Of course you want to get on stage and know you're giving it your all, but also like to what extent, like how much of your body and health are you going to sacrifice to get on stage? I think it's even more than that. Like how much of your mentality are you going to give to this? Like, Mm. every prep changes you the approach that you take and I feel like the more you get kind of lost in it you're kind of developing this like new personality of of not listening to your body and ignoring health markers and health signals and stuff like that and it's definitely something that I have done in the past and you know when you get to certain points like that's when those you know binge eating thoughts or eating disorder thoughts can creep back in and I'm just someone that's not allowing myself to get to that point of burnout and I've said it to coaches before like if you want me to get to that level that I don't believe is within my boundaries Mm. then I'll just step out I'll just stop and that's even with such a competitive personality like if it's going to cost me you know my hormones, my children in the future, um, my relationship with food once again, it's just, it's not worth it for me, mm. not for a competition. No. And like maybe that doesn't make me the number one athlete, but what kind of example am I setting for my females? It, it's something that I obviously struggle with in prep, especially this one. And I was saying to someone literally in the bathroom of the gym, I think this morning, um, that after going to the Women's Fitness Academy and being around so many um, feminine personalities and 
who hustle so fucking hard but still listen to their body and fuel themselves. I even mentioned like you and um, my new friend, Steph, uh, Mind of Food Steph. Um, yo, you would have hung out with her. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I saw yeah, her. I <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was just hard to get back into that. Um, I'm going to say, honestly, like betrayal of your body's needs mm. after that. And the thing that kills me with bodybuilding as much as I love it because I love pushing myself as well like I am addicted to that feeling like I love seeing what I can do I just think it's been so glamorized that I see all these young girls getting into it and it's like my biggest quote like people like why don't you want to prep people like you know I have two clients this show and I've already said to them I'm not sure if I'll do it again because watching people push themselves to their limits and beyond is a really really hard thing to do and even one of my I have one female client one male client and the female client at the beginning I said set boundaries set your boundaries for where this is the lowest calories this is the most cardio this is the most mentally I can put up with and they were kind of like you know oh I'll be fine and now we had the conversation yesterday I'm like so I'm hearing your boundaries like let's write those boundaries down and not even just for this prep for if you decide to do this again you know where your boundaries are now don't let the glamour of the show kind of take that because it's such a beautiful day and there's so much beautiful community and it's glamorous and stunning and you feel like a million dollars I was like make sure we're journaling and understanding where our boundaries lie with our health and fitness and she was kind of like ah now I'm seeing why that was like one of your processes and I'm like yeah girl like we need to really dig deep and think about, you know, what's important to ourselves as this prep. Like, are you wanting to be that number one, like, you know, best athlete in the world for this? Or are you just looking for another challenge? And if it is another challenge, like, is there other things we can do first before we push our bodies to these limits? Like, I absolutely adore being an athlete, but I have the capacity to do so as well. Mm. Like I work online, I can go to the gym at any time. I can do my steps at any time. I have experience with, you know, tracking and training and all these different kind of things. Like, I think we just need to be a bit more careful about this new era, this new bodybuilding era, I guess, and this yeah. obsession with tracking in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I remember like when tracking first became kind of big, like four or five years ago, and yeah. everyone thought they kind of found this cure for binge eating or for not having balance like oh flexible dieting like as long as you can fit a donut into your food and you're fine like you have balance and then you have one day where my fitness pal is I specifically remember there was one day was my fitness pal literally up and no one could use it and people were freaking out like everyone posted up on it what do I eat what do I do anyone else having problems with my fitness pal (laughs) and that's when you see do you have a health relationship with food or have you just put a little I'm a fitness pal band-aid on it and said that you're yeah. fixed? Yeah, literally. Even are you utilizing that for your eating disorder? Yeah. This is my biggest thing that I try and help my girls with. I love utilizing tracking for understanding macronutrients. Mm. I love it for that. I love for when... Um, I had a client, for example, come to me and say like, what foods have a lot of, you know, fats in it? I was like, why don't you utilize the tracking tools and have a look what has a lot of fats in it? Like have a look what has a lot of carbs in it, protein in it. And this woman was 
you know, on a higher fat diet. It's just we're just balancing some stuff out with her hormones under some guidance of another health professional as well. And yeah, it was just like it was a cool learning experience for her. Like, you know, I was like, here's some really like healthy fat ideas that I personally utilize, but like have a play around, like see what, you know, amazing high fat foods that you can include in your diet. And I just think if you're going to utilize tracking or you're going to teach tracking, like teach it right, like teach it for this is how we can grow our bodies and, you know, fuel our bodies and, you know, not everything needs to be tracked, like have days off from tracking, like have meals off from tracking. Don't call them a fucking cheat meal. Like it's just time off tracking and being obsessive with your food. Mm -hmm. And I think I was, um, we were having this conversation in DMs and I was like, babe, I go for months without tracking, like months, because if you get too obsessive with it, like that's when this eating disorder behavior comes up again, utilize it for growth, like utilize it to find out more information about it, but it's not a tool that should be used every second of every day. I don't want to see you going to a fucking family dinner and trying to track, if you're doing a specific goal, it's a really short-term goal, whatever, understand completely fine. Like I know my clients have goals like that, but it's not something where you're going out to dinner, you know, to pick the lowest calorie option while you sit there fucking depressed with a salad while everyone else in your family has a juicy steak and beautiful potato and veggies and all this amazing stuff that's actually nutritious for you. Mm. Or even choosing the, like, that's the other one, choosing the lower calorie option, which is shit for you, as opposed to the higher calorie option, which is nutritious and beneficial. Mm. I just think I wish there was more knowledge in general across the board of how to utilize tracking in a positive way and when to have breaks from tracking and to know when to track. Like in Bali, I didn't track at all. I was 12 weeks out from a competition. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <I'd be> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's just use it for knowledge and then know when it's going to be a problem and really assess that behavior as well or mm. don't whatever fucking works for you really yeah no I think and it's so true and like sometimes I get a bit of shit in the dms people are like oh you're so against tracking and like blah 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 stuff like that and I'm like I'm not like I have nothing against tracking like you said I think it's a great tool to use to learn about because yeah. a lot of people generally don't know what a fat source is or what a carbohydrate is or what protein does in the body like a lot of people don't because unfortunately we don't learn about this in school we just yeah. learn about oh that kfc is bad and like salad is good <laughs> that's basically the amount of knowledge you get Literally. so <laughs> it's definitely good for learning but I think it's so important that we have coaches like you who are in the nutrition you know uh, body transformation space who are like no we can use it but we're not going to be obsessed with it we're not going to use it forever we're not gonna you know this yeah. is the only tool in your toolbox yeah this is I remember um my dad as I said he eats really healthy but I remember him sharing a few things he's like I've heard this is good and that is good and I was like do you want me to show you how to track a few things so we can just understand it a bit more and I remember tracking stuff with him and he was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, and this is great amounts of protein and this is great amounts of fat and da, 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 da. And we kind of went through it all. And he was like, that is so interesting to know. Does he track? No. Mm -hmm. He doesn't fucking, he doesn't have my fitness pal. He doesn't yeah. even have the app. 
But yeah. it was so interesting for him to learn some of those things so he could implement some really amazing healthy habits for him and uh, my stepmom as well, who has been on a bit of a weight loss journey. So with with confusing information, conflicting information continually coming in from every direction. Mm. So just helping with some tracking was just a way for them to create this like amazing balance in their life without being obsessive. Mm. So maybe it's not for everyone to utilize every day. Like maybe it's a learning curve that they do for a short amount of time. And then, you know, maybe they don't fucking log in ever again, or maybe they just log in for certain little things to learn new information. Mm. But realistically, unless you have a very specific goal, or you just have actually no information or no knowledge of tracking, what are you using it for? Do you yeah. even know what your do you even know what your goal is? Like if you're just your average Joe, like what what are you using it for? What what macros are you utilizing? Like where are you getting this knowledge from? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's interesting for me, like people utilizing tracking with no other information. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then their clients get completely obsessed with hitting certain macros and they're like, oh, I don't even really know like why I'm eating this many carbs or fats or protein, but yeah. she said it, so now I have to do it. <laughs> that And then that's what I mean. It takes one shitty coach and that mm. person might do that for the rest of their life as well. Mm. I had a client email on 30 grams of fats because a coach put her on that and she came to me and I was like, how long have you been doing this for? So this is, this is one of those examples. She was like, oh, a couple of years. And I was just like, how are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling? And then, of course, on her weekends, what kind of things was she binging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even binging, but choosing. Mm. Like a lot of, you know, um, heavy, dense avocado, like, you know, big cheese boards, like anything probably with fats that his body mm. was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, fat is so like for like, all again, girls so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you guys listening to this, like fat is so so important for us. For healthy <laughs> hormones, one of the reasons, but there's so many other things in the body as well. Like fat's not something you should be afraid of. That's so good for you. Yeah, and same thing with carbs. We see mm. it all the time on these like low carb diets that are still so popular and they've done, you know, a keto thing with a coach like five years ago and still doing these like keto type lifestyle struggling day to day you put a bit of carbs in their diet and they're like I'm excelling at work like my mood's better me and my husband are getting along yeah. better like yeah. I can run around with my kids I'm like yeah babe you've got energy yeah. in your body <laughs> yeah I'm finally yourself. horny again because I'm eating carbs <laughs> literally I eat a banana <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah it is yeah and that's when it's like I feel like tracking can be a good tool mm. under the right guidance with the right goals or with the right knowledge yeah. like what are you tracking for yeah. don't just pick up my fitness pal and track without any other knowledge yeah for sure for sure um I always find it so interesting with people who have had in disorders or disordered eating in the past or body dysmorphia when you go through like a bodybuilding journey like obviously you can't be complete all year round but mm. do you ever struggle with like putting on a little bit of weight after the show or like how was that process I, I don't luckily I do know a lot of people that do I think I'm very I don't know it's like results driven I I love my body at different state it's probably from years and years of healing mm. but this is like the weight that I'm currently sitting at right now is probably my like general 
wait, I can eat a really nice amount of food, feel really fulfilled, go out for dinners and breakfasts and stay at my weight. I'm very genetically lucky and it's something I promote a lot. I'm very genetically lucky. But when I put on weight, like my bum grows, like, you know, I have this like, I don't know, I just feel more like womanly and Mm. energetic and relaxed and I guess it's harder more for me from this point down in losing the weight my face gets more skeletal vibes like I lose all my shape my libido goes down my energy goes down I guess from my sense this weight and up is more a happy place for me where Mm -hmm. you know under this weight is kind of more of a I feel like shit kind of vibe, but I do know a lot of people that struggle post-comp and, you know, if they haven't had the best coaching experience or the best journey, they'll come out of comp and want to eat everything. And then, you know, your ghrelin and leptin, your, um, I'm like average person, uh, hunger hormones are all kinds of cooked. Um, that basically the hormones that tell you when you're hungry and when you're full, um, when to stop eating, that kind of thing. Um, thought I'd do a little demo instead of just saying ghrelin and leptin. People are like, oh. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're all kinds of messed up. So people just like eat and eat and eat until mm. they're absolutely sick. And before you know it, they've generally developed some kind of, you know, binging, purging cycle or BED, uh, binge eating disorder um, or just eating disorder in general. So I personally don't struggle anymore. I would say... As I get leaner, I will struggle a bit more, but only because of energy-wise and I feel a bit like I'm less capable of giving my best self. Mm. I kind of like work work, and that's it. Like mm. I don't have any energy for work and training. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I have seen it. I have seen a lot of times and had a lot of conversations with a lot of girls who has behavior. I was like the comp mama um, with all the younger girls that <laughs> I did it with. A lot of them were like, you know, 20 to 25 and I was 30 and I was having them call me every day crying. I have no energy. I don't want to do, I can't lift my legs up. I'm, they've increased my cardio. They've increased this, like the crying on the phone to me. And then, you know, after comp, I would see them struggle with their relationship for food, you know, always just pumping their body with as many different foods as they can in, in this, like, I might never get this again kind of mentality. And it's, it's really, really hard to watch. So definitely. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's the hardest thing about being in the fitness world as a recovered person with eating disorders is watching other people go through it. And it's, it's something that it gets me down a lot. And as much as I love it and I feel very switched on with bodybuilding, just being surrounded and people being influenced by it is a really really hard thing I think we do need to kind of express a bit more this is for athletes Mm -hmm. and this is for people that have been you know tracking and training for a really really long time that have you know put their body through this turmoil and come out on the other side and not had these negative adverse reactions to dieting Yeah, for sure. And it's so important as well, like like you said, that that is for a bodybuilder, someone who's going on stage at a not very healthy body weight, like very, very, very lean. Very unhealthy body weight, yeah. If you are a normal person, 
you should not be feeling like this on any kind of diet literally literally it's my biggest thing people are like what calories and macros you on I'm like it's not it's not relevant it's not important no not relevant that's why when I'm in builds I'm like these are the calories I'm on like not macros but these are calories Mm. because they're so high and I'm like let's promote these higher calories like I'm so Mm. fucking sick all these women eating like I had someone the other day do you think like 1200 calories is too many calories on like girlfriend we're hitting minimum oh. 1800 minimum to start with to start with mm. like this, you're not like there's a reason why you're not you know essentially losing the weight that you're wanting to lose you're just mm. your body's just fucked like being yeah. realistic it's fucked and then you know you're starving yourself all week and then also most likely just on the weekend I've seen it a lot of times locking yourself in the bedroom and eating whatever the fuck you can before you start again on Monday. Yeah, that's the thing. Start again on Monday. <laughs> I don't know how many people have that. Normalize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. I started this challenge on a Wednesday. And I like the amount of people, I just didn't want to start on Monday. Yeah. I was like, we're not fucking starting on Monday. I started on a Wednesday. <laughs> like, I just wanted to try and see if I could break one little section of women and men yeah. out of starting on Monday yeah no I'm like that's that. one little goal we get out of it like I'm happy with that yeah yeah I love that I remember when I used to do um challenges when I was coaching nutrition I used to start them on Wednesday as well just for that exact reason yeah yeah start it today start it and then oh we'll start them at nope start it today Saturday yeah. let's start yeah yeah no oh, it's time so off for grocery shopping like yeah. get to the gym spend time on your program like have a look at what you're doing you can call me we can go over stuff like we have time let's start yeah yeah no I think that's so good something's so good um <laughs> something I ask everyone that comes on the show is what does being empowered mean to you Ooh, I love that. I even saw you asking it. You're like, have a think about it. And I was like, I didn't think about it at all. <laughs> I was like, I feel like she could probably answer this on the on the show anyway. So that's about <laughs> I feel like being empowered is feeling like you're in total control of your body and mind. Is being able to just kind of be there and be like, this is me. This is how I'm feeling. I'm able to show up for myself, which then helps me show up for the people around me. Mm. And I'm on a path to becoming my best self. That's realistically what it means to me, like becoming your best self for you, not for any other reason, no external validation, Um, no extrinsic values. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just to, just to be the best version of you for you Mm. that's what empowered means to me something I I strive strive to do especially with like I have a lot of um past and ongoing like mental health issues that come up like you know chemically there's a lot going on but the more I can kind of control that with my nutrition training grounding meditation the more empowered I feel the more I feel in control and amazing and like I can help others so I feel like you realistically shouldn't be in a position of helping other people if you can't help yourself or get help yourself yeah no I love that so much and that's something that I push a lot like taking the power back from you know, whatever like we all have something going on whatever it is mental health family issues 
of yeah. limiting beliefs but you can always take that power back by taking that step and doing that for yourself and you know signing up to a coach or learning about something new or doing a course like whatever it is yeah like I mean like a lot of us coaches have coaches as well or yeah. you know close colleagues that we bounce ideas off I voice note step literally every day at the moment <laughs> just for like a little bit of like hey what's going on with you and she's like hey also here's what's going on with me and we kind of like bounce ideas off each other it's nice to create a sense of community around yourself of it doesn't always have to be uplifting people just people that are interested in growth Mm. in themselves and in the people around them so really as I said before surrounding yourself with energy that is going to benefit yourself yeah yeah I love that having that having that community is so important so very that's what social media is so good for like actually bringing people together and then you can choose that who you don't want to give your power to anymore yeah I literally even if you don't want to unfollow people if people are negatively affecting me I'll just mute their stories and posts yeah like if I know that they're maybe a family member or a friend and I love them and it doesn't mean I don't love them Mm. it just means that maybe their content or what they're putting online is affecting me in some way, is negatively affecting my mood. Maybe I'm going on to Instagram, feeling really uplifted for the day, and then I view something and I'm like, oh, mm. I feel kind of crappy. Then I'll kind of assess, like, is it worth following this person? Or if I, if I have a relationship with this person, maybe I'm muting their stories. Maybe I'm muting their posts because that's what I need for me. And don't be afraid. <laughs> There's a truck. <laughs> and like, don't be afraid to do that. Like, if you're going to hurt someone's feelings that you care about, like mute or, you know, their stories or posts, but if not, like fucking unfollow, mm. what do you get out of following them? It was like when you watch one of those um reality shows and then you, I've like looked up the people on it. Cause I'm like, it's like my background noise. It's like in tune in and out. And I'm like, mm. Ooh, I wonder what they're up to. And then I start engaging with their content. All they're doing is, you know, wearing fucking Prada bags and going in luxurious, like, holidays to the Maldives and wearing designer <laughs> stuff and then you start like I wish I could afford this and I, and I was like I don't give a fuck about those things mm-hmm. you know what I mean like and I was yeah. like unfollow why am I engaging with that there's no relevance oh. to my life at all yeah no relevance to how I feel or what yeah. I value yeah yeah it's so true and you do have to take that control yourself and like okay I actually don't agree with anything that this post person is posting I'm just being noisy and noisy I just want to say that I remember ruffling feathers a while ago and I was like, well, it was like that, um, the meme and it was like, if you're not, if you're following me and you don't like me, like you're a fan or whatever. Yeah, you're still a fan. I've seen that. Like a bunch of you out there. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It's so easy though, but it's it's good to be be aware of and then you can kind of catch yourself like, oh my God, why am I looking at this person's content? Like I'm just getting triggered here. Literally, why are you triggering yourself? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah, sure, triggers are your teachers, but at some point also it's like, this is unnecessary for your mental health. Yeah, I actually, I actually saw a um, reel the other day and it basically, the summary of it was like, you don't have to follow people that are like you and doing the same stuff for you, but follow people that have the life that you want, that have the mm-hmm. values that you care about, that you look up to. Like, yeah, go and follow a bunch of health and fitness people if that's, 
you know, the, that's what you're wanting to engage in. Like I know that health and fitness is so normalized to me. I follow so many amazing health and fitness people that go to the gym daily and eat really amazing nutritious foods, but make sure the people that you're following are having a positive impact on your mental health mm. and your journey in general. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Amber, it's been so nice to talk to you for an hour. Um, but before we go, I obviously I will link your Instagram and everything in the show notes. But do you want to give yourself a plug? Are you taking on clients at the moment? I I will be taking on a few more one-on-one. We've just kicked off our challenge. It's actually going really well. And I do oh, I haven't announced it. I have something coming in the works so I can work with a bunch more people because my one-on-one is very like. It's minimal at the moment just so I can give the best I can. But we do have some secret things in the works right now coming out in the next few weeks, which I'm very excited for. Follow my Instagram. So it's ambermarie underscore PT. Um, You can find out more about it. Otherwise, I have links to coaching applications um, on there only because I always say apply because if it's not even about the person who's applying, it's more about like, am I the right coach for you? Mm. do I have the values that you're looking for if not then let's find you the right person so Mm. feel free to follow me feel free to send in a coaching application let's see if we vibe together and keep an eye out for everything that's coming but honestly thank you for letting me ramble on for an hour No, I think it's so good um yeah no it was such a good good conversation and I think and a lot of the listeners are going to get a lot out of it. And if you are listening and you were like, oh my God, I really resonate with that, or this is a great episode, please make sure you do take a screenshot, you put it on your story, you tag myself, tag Amber, let us know what you thought. And, you know, love connect. Like it honestly makes my day when people do post a yeah. podcast on their stories and like let me know what you mm-hmm. thought. And I can actually talk to you and not just see like, oh, someone's listened. So please make sure you do that. Even, right? even sharing these kind of conversations mm. with other people to get these kind of messages across is just so important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like if you send the podcast to someone else and, you know, that person might be able to heal from it or learn something new. And it's all about spreading that message. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much again. And to everyone else, I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you.